من ذلذی یقرد اللہ قردن حسنا هو زید that would lend Allah a good loan. Allah is asking a question. Who would give a qard to Allah? Look at this word, yuqridu, and then qardan. Both are from the root letters, qaf, radad, and qard is a loan that is given or taken. Qard is a loan. Who will give a loan to Allah? How do you give a loan to Allah? When Allah is the owner of everything, How do you give a loan to Allah? How do you give to Allah? When Allah is the owner of everything, how can you possibly give Him something? And especially something with the expectation of it being returned to you. You see, for example, let's say your parents ask you, they give you some food, and then they ask you, can I have some food? Can I have some of your food? And you're like, yeah, sure, no problem. Okay, you give it. Because you're being generous. But if you think about it, that food came from who? Who bought it? Who bought it? They bought it. They gave it to you. Right? So how do you give a loan to Allah? Let's say you have a gold bracelet. For example. And you say, I want to give this to Allah. What will you do? Take it to Mecca and leave it by the Kaaba? The thing is, when you love someone, you want to give them something, right? And yes, when you love Allah, you worship Him. That's something you have to do anyway. Whether you want to or you don't. This is something that Allah is asking you. Who will give a loan to Allah? What does it mean by that? It is basically using that gold bracelet, for example, for the religion of Allah. Spending that in the cause of Allah. For the deen of Allah. Could you make that clearer for me? Could somebody help me explain this? How would you do that? So for example, let's say that gold bracelet, I want to use it for the deen of Allah. How exactly do I use it for the deen of Allah? Wear it every time I go to Quran class? Yeah? What does it mean by that? Yes? Very good. So for example, she said that you take that bracelet and you exchange it for some money, you sell it, you get some money, for instance, and use that money, give that as a donation to a masjid, because that masjid is a place where people gather and worship Allah, where people gather and study the deen of Allah, right? So when you will spend on the masjid, who are you spending on? The deen of Allah, right? This is what it means. But look at this, we consider this to be a charity, right? Whenever you put something in a masjid donation box, for example, we consider it to be just a charity. And when we think of charity, donation, it's gone from me. Right? It's gone. So my beautiful gold bracelet, goodbye forever. All that cash, goodbye forever. What does Allah call this? Qardan hasana. What is a qard? What is a loan? Have you ever given something to someone as a loan? Yeah? How do you give it? What do you expect from that person? That they will give it back to you. Right? When you say, can I borrow a pen? What does it mean? I'll take it, I'll use it, and when I'm done, I'll give it back to you. It doesn't mean I'm going to borrow it forever. Borrowing means that you're going to give it back. You're going to return it. So what does this mean? When you spend, not just in any charity, not just on a person in need, or a poor person, to help a hungry person. No, this is spending for the deen of Allah, like a masjid. Like for example, giving books. For example, spending on the students of knowledge. When you will give money in this cause, Allah will return that money to you. This is qardan hasana. Allah will give it back to you. How? Does it mean that 
you give a hundred and you will get a hundred back? No. Allah says, فَيُضَاعِفَ لَهُ أَضْعَافًا كَثِيرًا Allah will multiply that for him many times over. Adaf is the plural of dirf. And dirf is like the double of something. So adaf means multiplied many times over. So for example, if you give a hundred, what does it mean? Inshallah, it will be multiplied. So when you will get it back from Allah, you won't just get a hundred. You might get seven hundred, or five thousand, or fifty thousand, or hundred thousand. Depending on how you gave that. With what love, sincerity, dedication you gave that. قَرْضًا حَسَنًا فَيُضَاعِفَ لَهُ أَضْعَافًا كَثِيرًا Now, the thing is that in hadith we learned, the Prophet ﷺ said that مَا نَقَصَتْ صَدَقَةٌ مِّن مَّالٍ Charity does not decrease wealth. When you give charity... It will not decrease your money. Have you ever experienced that in your life? That you give something away and you get so much more. Or you get something similar. Has it ever happened with you? So during Friday prayers, I tend to um, want to give during that time after prayers. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of hard like doing it consistently. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been doing it for a while. And... And I don't know if this is connected, but subhanAllah, like I got moved into a new position at work, which I was surprised by like how much I've gotten. And so it was, it was a lovely surprise. And I was like, subhanAllah, was it like, is this connected to me giving or, you know, you never know, but yeah. you, you spend in one way, you get in another way in this life, but you don't even know what you can be getting in the next. So. Exactly. In this life, Allah will bring it back to you. Somebody else? Go ahead. So a few years ago, my mom, she lost her wallet because she doesn't trust my dad with all the credit cards and the debit cards. So she had her wallet and we were near the masjid and we were going for a Friday prayer. And she gave her last $5 to a sadhguru box. And my mom was like, what are we going to do now? Because we just lost our wallet and literally everything. And then a car stops by, and it's my mom's friend. And she's like, oh, here's the $1,000 that we borrowed from you two years ago. So, you know. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. What perfect timing. Any other story? I know someone, someone in the family, and he retired, like it was his age to retire, and, you know, he used to work in a Middle Eastern country, and at the end, you know, when you retire, you get a huge amount, I think they call it service or whatever, and it's a huge amount, and um, they decided, you know, it's not like they're really rich or anything, but they decided that they wanted to use it to help someone else in the family because they were kind of in need. So they gave most of it to help someone else. And subhanAllah, a couple months later, like totally unexpected because, you know, his age was, you know, he was past the retirement age. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with a job that was way better than even the past one. So, you know, it was amazing. SubhanAllah. Amazing. Amazing. But the thing is that, you know, when you have that money, you feel like, okay, if I give it, then what about me? Right? What about me? If you have that $5, you're like, what about me? What if I want to buy tea or something from Tim Hortons, right? What am I going to do? If I give a huge chunk of my this money away, what if I want to buy a car? What if my car breaks down? And what if my children need help? Things like that. Shaitan puts these thoughts in our mind. But you have to give something in the way of Allah, knowing that Allah will return it to you. 
It's a qard. And Allah will not just return it to you in the form of the same amount, but multiplied many times over. And this is just in dunya. This is just in this world. Imagine how much more Allah will give to these servants in the hereafter. You see in this hadith which is in your book at the bottom, page number 69, the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah descends to the lowest heaven, meaning the lowest sky, at half of the night or at one third of the latter part, meaning towards the end of the night. And Allah asks, who is there to make dua so that I will answer him? Who is there to ask me so that I will give him? Who will lend to the one who is neither poor nor unjust? Meaning if you give something to Allah, Allah is not poor, that He will not be able to give it back to you. And if you give something to Allah, Allah is not unjust, that He will forget about you. You know like for example, some people you give them something, right? And it's expected that they will return it to you, and then they just never show their face to you again. They just go away with your stuff. Allah is not unjust. He will give it to you. وَاللَّهُ يَقْبِضُ وَيَبْسُطُ وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ Allah withholds and He extends. يَقْبِضُ is from قَبْض. قَبْض is to hold something or restrict something. And يَبْسُطُ is its opposite. بَسَطَ is to extend, to spread. So in life, Allah is the one who gives you money. And sometimes you have a little. And sometimes you have a lot. This is part of life. But the test is, that no matter what you have, a little or a lot, will you give some of it to Allah? Knowing that Allah will give it back to you, He will reward you generously for it. وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ And to Him you will return. You will be returned. Meaning, one day you're going to leave all the money that you have, you have to go back to Allah. So you can't keep your stuff forever anyway. Then why not invest it with Allah? So if there is anything that you like and you want to have it forever, are there some things that belong to you and you want to keep them forever? The thing is that if you keep it with yourself, it's not going to stay forever with you. It won't. If you want to save it, give it to Allah. You know why? Because He will not just give that back to you, He will give it back to you multiplied many times over. وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ now what do we see in these verses? From the first one that we study today up until this one. When you give to Allah, you will not become poor. When you will strive in the way of Allah, it doesn't mean that you will die necessarily. In life, there are difficulties. Financially and even otherwise. This is all part of life. There is increase and decrease. So don't run away from obeying Allah. Don't go on hiding your money, saving it. Oh, what if I become poor? Don't become stingy with yourself. Oh, what if I get sick? What if I die? No, you have to die. In life there will be tests. So use these blessings that Allah has given you to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses.
الم ترا الذين خرجوا من ديارهم وهم الوف حذر الموت فقال لهم الله موتوا ثم احياهم ان الله لذو فضل على الناس ولكن اكثر الناس لا يشكرون وقاتلوا في سبيل الله واعلموا ان الله سميع عليم من ذا الذي يقرض الله قرضا حسنا فيضاعفه له اضعافا كثيره والله يقبض ويبسط واليه ترجعون Just one more thing before we continue. Qardan hasanan, I want you to take these points down in your notes. First of all, remember that qardan hasanan specifically is what you give for the religion of Allah. To help the religion of Allah. This includes, for example, spending on a masjid. Do you get bills when you live in a house? Or an apartment? Or a basement? Or even when you rent a room? Do you have to pay for the expenses? Electricity, water, etc. Yeah? So the masjid also has some costs. Who pays for them? The money falls from the sky. Does it? No. It's our responsibility to take care of the masjid just as we take care of our homes. Right? So when we do that, this is qardan hasanan. You know, for example, from your monthly income perhaps, you have a certain portion that goes in the rent. Maybe there should be a certain portion, even if it's a little bit, even a dollar. A dollar per month that we give to a masjid. Any masjid, even a small musalla, so that people can come and continue to pray there. Running the MSA in your high school, in your university. Even that has some expenses. So who's going to pay for it? Because we're not running these places so that people can live there. No, we're running these places so that people can Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright? Secondly, I want you to know about qardan hasanan, that it's called hasan, and hasan is good. How do you give a good loan to Allah? When you give it with sincerity. With sincerity. That only for Allah. Fi sabilillah. I'm not giving this so that people are like, wow, she's so generous. No, I'm giving this so that Allah is pleased with me. Qardan hasanan, a good loan, this also means that it should be from the best, from the pure money that you have. Not that you steal money from your parents' wallet. Oh, they never give to the masjid, so I'm going to give it, you know. No. It should be halal. Alright? So, with sincerity, with halal money, with happiness of your heart, with trust in Allah, that Allah will return, Allah will give this back to me, multiplied many times over, and The more beautifully you give to Allah, the more beautifully you will receive it back from Him. Next ayah. أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الْمَلَأِ مِنْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ Did you not consider the elite of the Bani Israel? Now from this ayah onwards there is a story. Alright? You like stories? Okay, alhamdulillah. Good. You don't just like them, you love them. Very good. Okay. Now the word mala' mala' It's from the root letters Mim, Lam, Hamza. And Mil is the fill of something. Okay? Like for example, if you have a container and you fill it with water, all the water that will fill the container will be the Mil of the container. 
let's say it's 30 ml, 20 ml. So the 20 or 30 ml is the mil of that container. Now, the word mala means elite or leaders of a people, the chiefs, the upper class. Why are they called mala? Because has it ever happened with you that you see someone of authority and all of a sudden you just stop in your tracks? Yeah? Okay, is there anybody you're scared of? Who are you scared of? Somebody raise your hand and tell me who you're scared of. Yes? Okay. He's afraid of his mom. Okay. Now, what is it that your mom doesn't like you to do? Give me an example. Okay. His mom doesn't like that he is on his phone. Okay? So for example, let's say he is sitting in the living room with his phone. He's using his phone. And then his mom walks in. Assalamu alaikum. No, wa alaikum assalam, because he's lost in his phone. Right? And then she says, what are you doing? She starts yelling at him, for example. For example, what's going to happen? Because you're scared of her, is there something that you will feel in your heart? Yeah? Mala are people who fill the hearts of others with awe. That when others see them, they get scared or they get impressed. You're like, wow. Has it ever happened with you that you see someone and all of a sudden you're just like, wow, I want that. I want to be that person. You're so impressed by them. You want to be like them. These are mala, chiefs, leaders. So the mala, the leaders, min bani Israel of bani Israel, min ba'di Musa after Musa alayhi salam. Meaning many years after Musa alayhi salam, some elders of Bani Israel, what happened? إِذْ قَالُوا لِنَبِيِّ لَهُمْ They said to their prophet. So you see what's going on? Many years after Musa salam, some tribal leaders, they went to their prophet, and they said to their prophet, إِبْعَثْ لَنَا مَلِكًا Appoint a king for us. We want a king. We want a leader, a military leader. Why? نُقَاتِلْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ So that we can fight in the way of Allah. Appoint a leader for us because we want to wage war. Why? We'll come to that. But before the Prophet agreed, he asked them, Qala, he said, Hal asaytum, is it possible that you, in kutiba alaykum al qital, that if qital is decreed upon you, meaning you are obligated to fight, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands that you must participate in a battle, is it possible that when the command comes, Allah tuqatilu, that you don't fight? Right now you're saying, we want to fight, we want to participate in a battle, so please appoint a leader for us. You're so hyped up right now. What if you are commanded to fight and then you decide not to? Has that ever happened with you? That at the beginning, you're very excited about doing something. You want your parents to allow you. You want your teacher to allow you. And then what happens once you're given the permission, what do you do? You get lazy, you stop. Like for example, you really want to start driving. Okay, So you beg your mom, you beg your dad, please, please, please get me a car. I promise I will drop my younger sibling to school every day. I promise mom I'll take you for groceries. I'll drive you for groceries, I'll help you, I'll help load the car, bring the groceries home. I promise I will do that. And so parents are so impressed. They're like, wow, my son, how responsible. Right? So like, sure, sure, we'll get you a car. What car do you want? Okay. So they get the car, you know, for groceries, a Lamborghini for groceries. Right? Okay. 
what happens when you get that car? Maybe for the first month or two, you're driving everybody around. For the first week maybe, right? What happens after that? You just tell people, I'm too busy. Mom, I can't take you. Younger sibling, I can't take you. Figure it out yourself. Unfortunately, this is the case with many of us. We start with great intentions. We start strong, but then what happens? We start declining. We start going down. We start getting lazy. So this prophet said to them that right now you're saying you want to fight. What if Allah tells you that you have to? And then you don't. قَالُوا they said, وَمَا لَنَا أَلَّا نُقَاتِلَ فِي سَبِيلَ اللَّهِ Why would we not fight in the way of Allah? What would stop us? Why wouldn't we? وَقَدْ أُخْرِجْنَا مِن دِيَارِنَا While we were expelled from our homes, وَأَبْنَائِنَا and our children. We were expelled from our homes and our children. What is this referring to? It is said that at this time, the Bani Israel, they had been attacked by foreign invaders. All right? Their land was confiscated and many of their people were killed. Their land was confiscated and their people were killed. So they wanted to fight back. They wanted to fight back. They wanted to reclaim their land, their homes. And they wanted to live in peace. And for that, they had to defeat their enemy. This is why they wanted to fight back. So they asked their prophet, please appoint a leader for us. And the prophet said, well, right now you're saying you want to fight. What if later you don't? And they said, no, no, we will. We have every reason to fight. We have to take back our homes and we have to defend our children. فَلَمَّا كُتِبَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْقِتَالِ But when qital was decreed upon them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded that they should fight. A leader was appointed for them. Did they fight? Allah says, تَوَلَّوا They turned away. إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مِّنْهُمْ Except a few among them. At the beginning, everybody was excited. But then, how many people actually did what they said they would do? A few. وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِالظَّالِمِينَ And Allah is ever knowing of those people who do zulm. Who are zalimin? What's the zulm over here? Zulm is not just hurting someone. Oppression, injustice is not just stealing somebody's money. Oppression also includes what we see in this ayah, leaving what you're supposed to do. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands you to do something... And you don't do it. That is also a form of zulm. That is also a form of injustice. Because on the one hand you say, you're the servant of Allah. On the one hand you say, Oh Allah, please give me this so that I can do that. And when Allah gives you the opportunity, you turn away. This is zulm. This is unfair. How is it unfair? Because we're supposed to be spending on the cause of Allah, on the religion of Allah, not harming it. And if people come at the beginning with so much enthusiasm and say, yes, I want to do this, yes, I want to do this. And then later on they go away, what's going to happen? The work will suffer. Has it ever happened with you that at school, your teacher just all of a sudden leaves? You just find out one day that your teacher is no longer coming? Yeah? It so happens, unfortunately, that people start something and then in the middle they just quit. At the beginning, when they start, they're very enthusiastic. And then after some time, when that foam kind of settles, they give up. 
This is something natural. At the beginning you are excited. And with time, enthusiasm dies down. But you can do that with coke, you can do that with coffee, you can do that with drinking six glasses of water every day. Right? First week you're like, yes, yeah, six glasses of water. And the second week, one glass of water a day. But if you do that with the deen of Allah, this is unfair. Because you're not just harming yourself, you're harming so many people. You're harming so many people. The thing is that at the beginning, things are easy. But with time, things can get tough. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test us. And anything, you know, even at school. At the beginning, the book is easy. But then what happens after second or third chapter? Things get complicated. Right? Addition, multiplication was easy when it was just a few numbers. Isn't it? But then what happened later? Did it get complicated? This is the thing with life. At the beginning, things are easy. With time, they get difficult. And you cannot be successful unless you become a person of grit. What does it mean by that? Successful people are successful because they have grit. What is grit? That you just don't give up. That's what grit is. You just don't give up. No matter how hard something is, no matter how difficult something is, you stick to it. And sometimes you will wonder, what's the point of all of this? But with time, it will make sense. And you will get somewhere. And if you start one thing and quit, start another thing and quit, what will you have at the end? Nothing. If at the beginning of a semester, you start with a full course load, and then you drop like four courses, because, oh, I don't want to do that assignment. Oh, that professor was boring. Oh, there was too much reading. Too many quizzes. Then what's going to happen? You're going to spend the next 10 years in university. I mean, grow up and do what you have to do. So be a person of grit. Don't be lazy. Your nafs desires comfort and ease. But this life is not for comfort and ease. You have to work hard. And people who work hard, they get somewhere in life. And this is what we will see in the story. وَقَالَ لَهُمْ نَبِيُّهُمْ So what happened? Since these people appear to be so determined, the Prophet appointed a leader for them. And he said, وَقَالَ لَهُمْ نَبِيُّهُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ بَعْثَ لَكُمْ طَالُوتَ مَلِكًا He said to them that indeed Allah has chosen Talut as a king over you. So he told them the name of their king, of their leader, their military leader. Talut is going to be your king. Now who was Talut? Talut was from the Bani Israel. All right? It is said that he was really tall. Okay? Because the word Talut is from Tul. Tul is the length or the height of something. So he was really tall. So Talut was appointed as a king. Were they happy with that decision? No. Qalu, they said, How could he be the king? Alayna, over the rest of us, when we are more worthy of this kingship. We should be appointed as the leaders, as the kings, not Talut. Why did they have an objection with Talut? Because they said, وَلَمْ مِنَ الْمَالِ Firstly, we are more worthy because we are mala' and he is not. We are people of position and status and he is not. And secondly, he doesn't have a lot of money. Sa'atan is vastness of something. So vastness in wealth means having a lot of money. So basically they said he's not rich. So their standard for leadership was what? That a leader must be someone of status 
and someone who's rich. Someone of status and someone who is rich. Qala, their prophet said, Inna Allah astafahu. Allah has chosen him. Istafa yastafi is to choose someone. Mustafa, the chosen one. Alright? So he said that Allah has chosen him, alaykum over you, because Allah knows that he is worthy. Allah has chosen him because Allah knows that he is worthy. And how exactly is he worthy? Because wazadahu bastatan. Allah has increased him in bastah. What does bastah mean? Wideness. Similar to Sarah. Meaning Allah has increased him a great deal. Allah has given him a lot of what? Fil ilmi wal jism. Knowledge and body. What does it mean by that? He is knowledgeable. He has a lot of knowledge. And secondly, in his jism, in his body also, he has a lot of strength. So near these people, what was their standard? The race of the person, the status of the person, and his wealth. If he meets these two conditions, then okay, he can be a leader over us. But near Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is worthy of being a leader? Who? Someone who's from a rich family? Someone who is from a so-called superior race? No. If he has knowledge, yes. And if he has the strength, then yes. وَاللَّهُ يُؤْتِي مُلْكَهُ مَنْ And Allah gives His kingship to whomever He wills. This is Allah's decision. If Allah has appointed Him as a leader, then accept that. وَاللَّهُ وَاسِعٌ عَلِيمٌ And Allah is wasir alim. He is one who encompasses and He is knowledgeable. What does it mean by wasir? Allah is wasir. He is vast in His knowledge, in His wisdom, in His mercy. Right? So if He has decided that Talut should be the king, He knows. And we should trust him. What do you learn from this ayah? Sometimes certain things may happen and we might not agree with them. Has it ever happened? That you don't agree with something. right? And you may be looking at the matter in a very superficial way. With your limited knowledge. all right. Like for example, you may be upset about the fact that you live in a certain part of the world. You're unhappy about that. Or you're unhappy about the fact that why do my parents make this much income only? Why not more? For example, right? you may have difficulty accepting some things in life. But what do we learn here? That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides something, then there is some greater benefit in it which we are unable to see. Now the people of Bani Israel, they were not able to look past the poverty of Talut. They were not able to look past his low social status. This is why they weren't happy with the decision. But was there a reason why Allah chose Talut as a king? Was there a reason? Yes, because Talut was qualified. It's not your family and your social status that makes you worthy of a job. It's your qualification. It's your expertise. It's your knowledge. It's your experience. So trust Allah's decision. What else do we learn? That many times we get impressed by people because of their status or because of their money, and we are scared of them and we idolize them. But the fact is that those who should be respected and followed are not just people of status, they're people of real worth. And what is it that makes a person worthy? Their knowledge and their abilities.